So welcome to episode number 46 of the Development Health Podcast, live from Chicago at PHP Tech. Let's hear it. Uh, every, every time Ed and I manage to be at Tech at the same time, we always try to do the podcast. And so far, mm-hmm. we're, we're three for three, and we have a nice, rowdy crowd. And uh, thanks to a wonderful gentleman from Microsoft for allowing us to be powered by Maker's Mark. So this yes. should mm-hmm. be very good. Thank you, Mark. Mm-hmm. Smooth. So smooth. So smooth. Uh, so we have two sponsors for today's podcast. First of all, it's Watch Me Code, which is um, Derek Bailey. Uh, Watch Me Code is uh, awesome JavaScript screencast every week. JavaScript is an important language these days. You can't build modern web apps without it, but it's also easy to get lost in JavaScript's oddities and quirks. Fortunately, Watch Me Code is here to help. From language fundamentals to the latest in tools and tutorials on how to test your JavaScript code, Watch Me Code delivers everything you need to master the web's most important language. Mm. Get your subscription started heading over to uh, watchmecode.net slash devhell and get 35% off your subscription with the discount code devhell, all one word, all lowercase. I have actually watched the some of the Watch Me Code stuff. Derek's a really smart guy and his screencast are awesome. Our you, sec- you're not just saying that because he gave us money, right? Well, he gave you the money. Yeah, didn't I give you some of it? M- maybe. Uh, I think I did. I'll have to double check. I sent um, you PayPal. Well, only half the money that my accountant's aware of. And then mm-hmm. we have, uh, and also our other sponsor for this episode is Rove. Uh, Rove is a collection of, is a hand-picked team of some of the most talented developers in the PHP community. They are a full-service web development firm offering services such as consulting, training, software development, and more. Rove employs some of the most recognized and accomplished experts in the industry to ensure that organizations have access to the talent, what they need, when they need it. That's Rove my tagline. And the tagline from Ed is badass PHP developers. That's, I, I think that's the best just, just say that. Hashtag badass PHP developers. Badass it's rove.com. Rove.com. Yeah. And as always, we have our favorite local sponsor, Paul Reinheimer and Will Roberts. Roberts. Will Rogers? <laughs> Will Roberts. Oh, okay. Will Roberts from the Wonder Network who always provide us with the uh, streaming. Very generously donate bandwidth so we can stream. But of course, because we're live, there's no streaming, motherfuckers. So you should have been here when we were recording. Yeah. So um, the only thing we want to talk about is actually the story of... Well, we were going to maybe talk about something that happened on an old PHP tech involving... Uh, no, we do not, we do band, not need uh, to go that way. But we don't need to go that we way. We have but, pictures of that. And we, we have, we have no. pictures, and we can link to the show notes. So don't I worry. honestly thought I was going to need to date the Amish exclusively <laughs> after that event. But instead, we have Paul on to tell us actually the story of Wonder Networks and how it uh, all started. I'm somewhat familiar with the beginnings of how it all started, um, but you can fill us in on what happened from start to finish. So start talking. Sure. I'm, I'll make this not too long. I don't think anyone joined in for my corporate story. Um, but really, the company started like most of them do because I'm lazy. Um, yep. And I had a fr- I worked, uh, my previous employer, we built graphically intensive content management systems targeted at the adult market. Porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Porn. It's okay. That's gross. Th- thanks, Chris. I worked, in the industry, I worked in the industry, not as a talent, but, you know, doing the right. They right. called it erotica. <laughs> so, I'm sure I saw something on you, Porn, that looked a lot like you. Well, well, it wasn't me, honest. <laughs> Moving forward, I had, I had a friend in the QA department there, and it was his job to make sure that the website was showing people the prices in the right currency, and they were using the right credit card processor no matter where you are in the world. Right? So if you're in London, they're going to charge you in pounds. If you're in Germany, they're going to charge you in, I don't know, the euro? Euros, yeah. Deutsche Mark. The United no, States, they're going to fill in U.S. dollars, all that kind of fun stuff. And it was his job to test this, and he always had to stay late because he couldn't figure out how to do it. He'd be like Googling... Free web proxy in London. And then this is how people type when it's hard. <laughs> yep. And clearly this translates like for a seals. podcast. They're seals. Right? Yeah. Like seals. It's the seal typing. It's flapping on the and then, and then it is still late, so I didn't get a ride home. And so I'm like, well, I know how to solve this problem. I can go to like some VPS provider in London and sign up for VPS, and I'll install Apache, and I'll give him the password, which was like password123. You know, nice doesn't work. work anymore. For like first two years, you were golden. Uh, <laughs> And then he can just route all of his traffic through London, and then he can get the stuff, and then he can drive me home, right? And that sounds like a pretty awesome deal. That sounds like a win-win. Yeah. So and so we launched with, with six servers, and they signed up as my first customer. And now, some years later, some large misadventures later, we have 130-some-odd servers that we tell people about. <laughs> and uh, we're in 60 or so countries around the world. And so for anyone doing localization testing, it's super easy. So you have not only have the, um, basically the proxy machine so you can like verify locations and mm-hmm. geolocate stuff, you also have the ability that people want to, like instead of using something like um, TunnelBear and there's other services to do Yeah, we, we do a VPN stuff. service. It's yep. like five bucks a month. If you want to sign up and you, I don't know, we can work something out and put in the show notes. I'll give people a discount. It's just that 
Like the VPN thing is, we don't want to do customer support. So if you're listening to the DevHell podcast, you can sign up and you can set up your, your VPN and we don't need to talk to you. We're happy to just make that work. Um, but if your mom... If, you're, if your mom is anything like my mom, I don't want to generalize about moms everywhere. Real nice. First off, it's always a woman, isn't it? And it's always... <laughs> my dad is like an electrical engineer, so he can figure this out, okay? So I'm just working with my examples. Uh-huh. Yeah. So my mom couldn't set up the VPN because she calls me when she needs to figure out how to change the inputs on the television to watch a movie. Yep. So I feel confident in that statement. Also because I still have to pay Copilot every month that they need to install updates on their computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Copilot.com is pretty awesome. It lets you re- remote control somebody's computer and it doesn't make them figure out firewalls. And spending $5 is worth not having to talk to my mom about un-PNP. Maybe your smart electrical engineer or husband can figure it out. They're, they're not together anymore? Oh, not that that's it. a sore wound. Well, that was embarrassing for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's particularly embarrassing for you, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, wow, there's yeah. so many jokes I could go there, but I'm not going to cover your ass. So all. we got the VPN thing, and well, we're happy to sell it to people. We don't really push it. Uh, we like wears it up. It's kind of cool. If you like have servers around the world, we'll like do trace routes to them from anywhere. We have a server and pings and HTTP requests. It's all crazy. We've, we were doing like 10,000 requests a day, and then a new customer signed up, and they're doing 7,000 requests once every five minutes. And let me what the fuck are they doing? A lot of requests. <laughs> Other like, than the maybe, obvious. Maybe you should explain what that is, what wears it up is, because I'm not sure that everybody... Well, if you just go that. there, it'll be obvious in like a second. So if, so wears it up leverages our servers around the world. From maximum, I don't want this to be an maximum, advertisement, but it's cool maximum technology. synergy and leverages yeah. resources. <laughs> You're already there. Awesome. So you go to wearsitup.com, and you type in your web address, and you know, google.com. Remember, remember, folks, this seal is typing, you type. Seal typing. Seal typing. Seal typing. And then we'll run a, an HTTP get or actually a head, and then... Oh, oh, head. Oh, oh, oh. You give head then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Got any other verbs for me? <laughs> and yeah. then, and then we do a DNS dig, and then we do a trace route to that from around the world, digs and then we give you those results. And if you do AnyCast DNS, that's kind of awesome. And if you're doing you know, anything with uh, CDN providers, it's really good to make sure those are routing correctly. Hmm. And it's pretty awesome. Fascinating. I think so. Multiply your monitoring. I just made that up. That's a, is that the new tag? I like that. that is. I like that. I'm going to type that in here. Multiply your Y E R. That's the Canadian. That's the Canadian. Like, no, no, you got to put the U in there for the Canadian spelling. Y E U R. Well, yeah, Y E U R. Multiply your monitoring. Tour. T O U R. Yes, touring. Yeah, that's the Canadian spelling. Monitoring. Okay. Yeah, okay, we've solved it. Thank you. Okay. The, the monitor is in the middle of the labyrinth. Yeah, right? <laughs> that is solid joke. gold, sir. You're lucky I'm here. Yeah. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Did you ever see the movie um, Labyrinth? How High? Was no. it How High? Was that the movie? The one about... Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of something. I watched Cheech no. and Chong on a police services sponsored bus trip to Ottawa. <laughs> when I was in like grade six. Nice. Still smoking. Because it's like an, instu- it's like an instructional manual. Here's what we. Here's what you shouldn't do. But if you are going to do it, at least we're going to show you some good right. examples. Yeah. Now, what, what was that? It was like a police officer on the bus. <laughs> oh, that movie, Your Highness. Did you ever see that? No. no. It uh, has a minotaur in it. Okay. Not a monitor. A manator. I'm, I'm uh, gonna, like, can you, Ben? Can you see if like monitor is .com is available and register that for me? I feel like it's a good logo. <laughs> Got some wild garlic going on here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's how Wonder Network grew. That's the worst story. I mean, I, I have more I, fun anecdote. Like our yeah, server in Russia kept rebooting once a week until we sent them vodka. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I mean, I've heard other things where like. A friend of a friend had a server, and it rebooted, like, once a week, and they couldn't figure out why, and then, like, somebody stayed there all weekend. Like, he slept on the floor to figure out what was going on and why the server was rebooting. It's because once a week, the cleaning lady came in and wanted to plug in her vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> so you think that's some sort of urban legend? Like, yeah. No, it was really yeah. true. Whoa! <laughs> so... So talk a bit like about some of the craziness you go through to actually get a server placed in a in a foreign country. Yeah, like Peru, didn't they have a bunch yeah, of Yeah, tell us about Peru because of course <laughs> we've heard some of these stories before from Paul, but just since he has never been a guest. Peru before, was so a disaster, day, right? So okay, lay it on us. So we have an account with Dell Canada. They sell us some servers, and that's pretty awesome. And I'm like, we need a server in Peru. I'll just call my Dell Canada guy, you know, and Steve will hook me up. And he's like, no, you need to talk to Dell Peru, and then like hung up on me. 
And I'm like, well, that wasn't very nice. So then I try to figure out how to talk <laughs> for to a Del Canadian, Bruno. especially. That's yeah, that's yeah. the worst Canadian. That's like a yeah. Canadian saying, "Fuck you, get out." Right. You know, it must have been an American working in Canada. Yeah, Maybe. Probably. Though, in a similar note, it took Dell 37 days to sell me three new hard drives right. for a server I already owned. Nice. Was that Dell Canada or Dell or Del Peru? I think that was Dell Canada. Not Dell Peru. No, okay. Dell Peru. It would have. We wouldn't have them yet. Be covered in coke, though. Be pretty good. <laughs> I'm not making comments like that. <laughs> that is. National Coke. I'm drinking Coke. That's what I okay. meant. Yeah. Um, so, so he told us to go away, and then we tried to get, and then I filled out all of the forms I could find on the Dell Peru website, yeah. and no one called me back. No one emailed me back. I like did at Dell Cares Pro, and and they were like, yeah, we don't know either. And then like a week and a half later, they got me someone's phone number, and so finally I started talking to them, and it was sort of working okay, but I don't speak Spanish, and that's sort of a problem. And so we have a web designer who's Peruvian. Right? Donde est to data center? Oh, or something like that comes up a lot. And so I got him to talk to them, but before they could even give us a quote to tell us how much a server would be, they needed a Peruvian business identifier. And so we were like, we'll just use the one from the data center. And the data center was like, cool, we'll tell you later. And like a week went by, and they still hadn't figured out what their what their business ID was. But luckily, our web designer has a cousin who's still in Peru, who runs a home improvement business. Oh right. <laughs> and, and and so I'm like, okay, well this is clearly stupid. So I'll just buy the server and I'll fly down to Peru with it, and then I'll put it on the rack and I'll have like a day in Peru. Like, and that's pretty cool. And then so we looked at it, like the, we did some research, but you need a visa before you can enter Dell on business. And I figure carrying a rack mount server with me in my carry-on was probably going to be a pretty clear indicator of what was happening. And so that wasn't going to work. And the, also, before you can leave Peru, if you entered on business, you need a certificate from the Ministry of the Economy stating that you've paid income taxes to Peru for all of the money you earned while you were in the country. Uh-oh. Which just seemed like another disaster. So we kept talking. Eventually, we got the Peruvian business identifier from our, our data center, mm-hmm. which turned out to be the wrong number, so we had to go back again. And then we got a quote, and we're like, cool, we'll pay for it. Here's my American Express. Like, actually, you need to pay us by wire transfer. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's stupid. Like, okay. I mean, at this point, I was honestly three months committed. So, so, I, I, so we send them the wire transfer, and then they canceled our order. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why did you do that? And they're like, well, the money didn't arrive. I'm like, well, one, I sent it. Two, I feel like that should have been a conversation. <laughs> right? right? Like, and then so they created a new order for me that was different than the first one and said that, okay, this is where the money is going. I'm like, awesome. And then they canceled that order. <laughs> and I'm like, but the, for serious guys, the money is like in your account. And it turns out that they'd only given me a subset of the information that described their bank account. So the money was currently in the bank account belonging to Dell International rather than Dell Peru. So, I had to, so then we had to amend the money transfer order. And the international world of wire transfers it would probably be simpler to get into organized crime. <laughs> so eventually we get that there. Oh, hold, hold, hold on a second. So you're saying I couldn't make a joke about Peruvian hard drives being covered in cocaine, but, but now, you can make a joke about international crime, right? Yes. Okay. Because I'm not attributing that to any specific country oh, I see. or nationality. See, I should have had that training that you had at the camp. Yes. Please continue. Thank you. Um, so, so then finally they agreed that they had the money, and then they were going to try to expedite my order which means that they tell you that they're going to expedite the order and do nothing else. And then they shift it to Peru, and then it got to customs. And Peruvian customs takes a while, especially for business things. And then finally it cleared customs, and it, so it arrived at the data center, and I, like, I phoned my guy. I'm like, cool, it's there. I have like, the tracking number. No, sorry, there was no... Tr- Bedell does not give you a tracking number to ship to Peru. That is not something that is available. So you've spent, you've wired them several thousand dollars U.S. They've claimed it hasn't arrived, canceled your order twice, and then there's no tracking number. And then, Oops. so it, they tell me it's cleared customs, and that it's arrived at the data center, and the data center says it's yes, it's there, and I'm paying them $150 an hour to take it out of the box and put it in the rack. And it took them two weeks. <laughs> two, week, two weeks of billable hours? No, no, it's two weeks of, two weeks of calendar time. Oh, okay. And I'm not sure how the Peruvian economy is, but $150 an hour is reasonable for most people. 
And to have like two weeks to kill before you can do that thing seemed kind of a long time. And then finally, they just emailed me the root password. <laughs> and but now now I have a server in Peru. Yeah. So would, so would you say this is like a typical problem that you have in trying to get servers some places? So the the typical part of this is if you go a lot of places in the world, like if you Google like servers in Colombia or servers in Peru or servers in Brazil, you'll find brazilservers.com. And brazilservers.com is in Dallas. 100% of the time. Does it, Brazil servers, Colombian servers, Mexican servers, they're all in Dallas. Everyone is in Dallas and they all tell you they're everywhere else. And that's why I knew that Donde Este data center, that's like... Yeah, where is your data center? Because then, then if you ask them specifically, they'll tell us it's in Dallas. <laughs> and I'm like, then why does your website say it's in Peru? Because I kind of care. And like, we when we started the business, we weren't as smart as we are now. We're still not very smart, but we were like, we were more dumb back then. And so like, we'd sign up for this server, and we we tell everyone we have a new server, and it's in Mexico. And then we look at it, and it's like. 0.8 milliseconds away from my server in Dallas. <laughs> That's probably a key indicator that one of these things is not correct. And I'm going to assume that the one in Dallas is not secretly in Mexico. <laughs> like, it's all a giant fraud. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's fun stuff. And, and, like, the really weird part is, if you... The thing, the thing that bugs me is we, if we were pay, buying all of our servers from one company, they would care about us, right? Because we're spending thousands and thousands of dollars every month on our 130 servers around the world. That everyone knows of. Yeah. Yes. Well, we have secret servers. Of course. The secret squirrel Ooh. servers. Yeah. Well, because things have to monitor, and there's no point in telling people where those are. Correct. And, and so if we were giving all of this money to Rackspace, I would have somebody's phone number, and that guy would know who I was, and he would know what he was doing. But, I, but I'm not paying all of my thousands of dollars a month to Rackspace. I'm paying $20 a month to this guy and like $14.95 a month to that guy and $7.95 a month to this guy and $1,000 for, for the rack mount server in Peru. $1,000 for 3 megabit. <laughs> that is on it. Like it's, it's something like that. Um, and so because it's all distributed, all the, none of them care about me because I'm not a big customer to any of them. But I'm not bitter. <laughs> And, and so originally, I paid everyone. And when you have 130 different servers, you have 130 different suppliers. Yeah. So I wasn't very good at it. No. And so every now and then, a server would go offline. <laughs> and like our status page would say that like you know Frankfurt is offline. And my business partner and I would start looking into it. Well, it's offline because Paul didn't pay it this month. <laughs> well, you see, that could be a problem. That's a lot of servers that keep track of. Yeah. So I don't do that anymore. That's someone else's job. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. Um, so like so the business model will just start off small mm -hmm. and I remember you told a very funny story about how when you reached some limit on the ID that you had to start <laughs> all the servers and then you had to refactor everything. So we've, we've had a couple of issues like that. Yes. Yeah. So we started off with six servers and somebody started paying us like two or three hundred dollars a month for access to our six servers and I'm like, This is awesome. And so I coded in that like so we created some different plans and one of them is you have access to unlimited servers. You have access to all of the servers on our network, and we had six, right? Yeah. I'm like, so you know what? You know what? So I heart. So like in the database, unlimited equals fifty. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way we're ever going to get to fifty. That's just insanity. And so we coded that in, and then like one of our customers emails, he's like, so I can't add this server to my account, so it's unlimited. I'm like, well, that's a problem. So I so I set it to 127 because because I wanted to optimize, so I used a tiny amp. <laughs> And because I'm not very smart, I used an, uh, a uh, signed tiny hands. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Right, right. I'm an all-star. Yeah, right? right. And then, so eventually things kept growing and things kept growing, and then we hit 127 servers. And then Will tried to add another server to our network, and there wasn't room for it. And he had some rather firm words with regards to my competency level. Yeah. So you wrote a migration? Yes, yeah, so we, so we, we did a little bit of migrating there. And then I only migrated some of the tables, but not others. <laughs> right? So, like, we could, you could add all of the servers to your account, but if you use, but, like, usage table only had 127. <laughs> so if you use server 128, your 127 just looked bigger. Oh, nice. 
which was good for us because then your overage rates were higher. <laughs> Poop.com. Yeah, I used uh, Poop.com. To, I, I checked all the checkboxes. Okay, I, all the checkboxes. And I wanted to see where if Poop.com was up everywhere. And, and, and the survey says? The only res- thing that hasn't didn't come back was... Hangzhou. Okay, so that's in China. Yeah, right. So I feel like maybe the Great Wall of Firewall of China is not happy with poop.com. Maybe it has an issue with poop.com. That that might be the case. Yeah. So so the business model for Wonder Networks, so first you start off with just a bunch of small servers. Mm-hmm. So now you have at least 130 that you're willing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you have uh, where is it up? Mm-hmm. And then you have the VPN stuff. So kind of what are you thinking is the next thing that you want to do with Wonder Networks? Because to, to be clear, you do have a day job and actually I think your day job is actually quite interesting. Interesting, and we've had some very interesting conversations about ramifications about crossing the border and other wonderful yeah. things like that. Um, and you would like the Wonder Network to hopefully uh, one day be your primary source of income. So, what do you think about the next sort of things you want to do with Wonder Network? So, I think right now my primary goal is to hire someone else because Gemma's here and she's smarter than I am. So, if we can just hire her, the coding quality will get better. And then do it, do yeah, it now. Yeah, well, I need if you want to give me money. <laughs> like, how much are we talking? Well, like her salary, that would that would be ideal, really. I know, that's a lot of books. That's a lot of books I got to sell. Yeah, I don't know if I yep. can do that. Yep. Um, so that's so we want to grow that way because I kind of like the mission of where I am right now. So I kind of want to keep investing some time there. Sure. Um, so how so, long how long you've been programming? Commodore sixty four was my first programming. Yeah. So you just now realize you're not good at it. <laughs> I'm also not very observant. <laughs> right. So actually, I learned Commodore. I learned programming in Commodore sixty four. My mom bought me one of those like programming books where it's like all of the lines. Yep. And you have to type them in, and you do the seal programming typing them in. Yep. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, like a jerk, she threw away the diskette that had all of the completed programs on it. This isn't part of the book, right? Right. So then I had to type them in if I wanted to play them. Ugh. And I learned very. And I'm being lazy. This is a continuing trend in Paul stories. Is I learned that if I skip the lines that started with REM. It would still work, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, and then I just learned to program by figuring out what lines I can skip and still have fun. <laughs> no, I had the same experience. I learned to program, but on a VIC twenty, not the Commodore okay. sixty four. And we'd get the magazine, go to the library, and get uh, compute and Byte magazine, and nice. type in the programs. And this is for the younger whippersnappers out there who don't know what a cassette player is. I used to have to save the programs to cassette. Yes. Yeah. And I remember one time I actually took one of those cassettes and played it on the stereo. Oh. And I and I and I didn't realize it had the volume. Really loud. <laughs> Good times. And I blew out one of the speakers, and then I had to like profess ignorance to my dad about why why one of the speakers on, on his stereo was no longer Ooh. working. Well, I said, "Oh, I don't know, Dad. I'm not supposed to use the stereo, so I don't know why it's not working." There was there was a radio station in I think Sweden or Norway, and it was a computer programming thing, and they tried. Get like they, they, they played a program over the air oh, and got cool. people to record it <laughs> and then try that in their computer as a way of distributing software wow, and it cool. worked. Whoa. Yeah, it should work because you could copy awesome. those with just like if you like, had a like dual a tape deck. Yeah. yeah, you could you could dub those. Real, real. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. nice. Yep. So like, but in terms of like Wonder Network, like any other kind of services that you're thinking about offering that seem like so, a lo- seem like a logical growth based on what's. Been I think happening. there's some more stuff we want to do in the Where's It Up area. Like we, so we have all of these servers, and Will and I have had detailed meetings. Meetings at how, a bar. How detailed? Well, I mean, I, I draw with crayons. Like, honestly, I come up business plans with crayons on the on, like the paper napkin. Nice. And then I take oh, a picture of my Jack, cell phone. Because you're going to Jack Astor's to have the yeah. meetings? Very nice. But it's in it's generally in the in the Washington area. But you say you normally carry around crayons with you in your pocket. Don't, doesn't everybody? There's no crayons at the bar, so I'm just wondering. Well, I mean, maybe that's a question that I don't need the answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> um... And so we're there, and we, we figured out some things, and we have all these servers. We're just looking for new ways to use them. Yeah. Um, and so I think where's it up? I think another something I want to add is give you globalized screenshots. So I'll show you, and, and maybe some page load information. We yeah. will do page speed right now from around the world. And so if you're looking for like, what does my website look like in, or what does Google.com look like around the world? And I'll just give you the screenshots from every single server we have. Uh-huh. And then so like in Canada, maybe there's a maple leaf and some maple syrup. And in France, yeah. there's some wine and a baguette. I mean, they're not doing that kind of stuff with their Google logo, but you see, you see where that's going. Oui, oui. Yeah. Mon français, c'est terrible. Whatever. That's pretty good for all the time you spend in Montreal. That's right. My French is horrible or terrible. One or the other, I'm not sure. Both. I lived in Montreal for seven years. 
Yeah. That must have been horrible. So as a, as a nice segue, so you've also done a bunch of work with um, XH Prof, and I was yeah. there, and I was there at um, one of the last times that I went to the um, GTA uh, the, PHP the yeah. Greater Toronto Area PHP user. So so actually XH so I, I did work on XH Prof with yes. my previous employer. Yes, and that was pretty cool. And the problem there is I feel like there's some limitations in the way we're using my. Can you well. explain to no. people what XH Prof is? Nope. No. No. Okay. So everything has the same name, and it's all my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. Facebook created an extension for PHP that's super awesome, and what it does is it records detailed profile information about your PHP request, and it's sufficiently low uh, weight that you can actually run it in production. Like, you can't run XDebug in, in production, your server will explode. Um, I think Derek did that on purpose. Um, but XHProf is actually low weight enough that you could install it in production and profile a selection of requests, and it'll give you information like how long every function took to execute, how much RAM it took, and then you can do some math and figure out like exclusive memory and inclusive memory. And and they, there was a visualization tool for it that was not useful at well. I mean, it wasn't. It would just show you a table of all of that data. And so my last job, I worked on XHProf. Originally, it's called XHProf. I'm trying to brand it as XHProf UI right now, but I forget that 98% of the time. And so it, it will like show you graphs of how long a page took over time. It'll show you detailed call staff call statistics. It does like the graph viz visualization, showing you this function took forever, and then this function do like a nice tree. It's super awesome, and that uses MySQL as a backend. And actually, it also supports SQL Server and. Uh, Postgres and a couple of other backends that people smarter than me wrote. Yeah, we use XHProf at, um, at Cinecore for, cool. for all the profiling of the service because I remember when I had to implement a feature that was going to go up into production, um, I also had to get them run load tests and make sure that I wasn't increasing. Um, You're way smarter than a lot of people. Uh, we try. Yeah. <laughs> we try. So, uh oh, okay, good. And I, need some, and I need some Coke to go with it too. You're empty. Yes. Um, and then, so I wanted to work on, an, on another version that used Mongo as a backend. Right. Um, because the, the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the way XHProf UI stores the data, and this is super awesome, this is the most elegant data storage system anyone in the universe has ever done, is that it takes a couple of key metrics out of that data, it's really a PHP array, and then it takes the rest of it and it gzips it and it sticks it in a MySQL blob. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Let's see if I, if I heard you correctly. So it takes the data and it gzips it up yeah. and then puts it into MySQL. It might actually be a MySQL text field. I'm not that good. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't serialize it while they were at it. No, I, I think I, ser I think I serialized the array, yeah. and then I gzip it because 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 like there was a row li length limit in MySQL that I was running into. You know, for a guy with such limited skills, you've done really well. Paul. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. See, you know what? Screw like here, here, y'all. I shipped it. Okay. See, here I am. See, it's shipped. See, this is actually a lesson. I care about code quality and testing, and this motherfucker just hacks everything together. Yeah. And it works. I get there's it a, done. There's a lesson in there somewhere. I'm not sure right. what it, it is. That I'm going to be unemployed very soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was clearly not necessarily an optimal way to store that data all of the time, <laughs> um, because <laughs> you absolutely could not query on any of that. <laughs> Unless you wanted MySQL to ungzip stuff, and that's probably not awesome. So I want, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to normalize it because that just seems like a pain in the neck. Um, like I've used systems that normalize all of their data to heck, like Magento and Drupal, and then I drink more. So that was just not going to happen. <laughs> so instead, I think you know, why don't I give it to Mongo, and then it'll all be a huge document that I can just query, and you know, everything will be awesome. So Mark Story and I were sitting in... Okay, so for people who don't know who Mark Story is, Mark Story is... He's uh, way smarter than me. He actually did all the work. Yes. Um, Mark Story is actually the lead developer for the Cake PHP project, and he works... Is he? Yes, he is. Yes, okay. He is. You, didn't even know, you didn't even know that? <laughs> he's just some guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's lead dev for Cake PHP. Another, um, another Canadian. He lives in Toronto. He works for FreshBooks. Which, I knew that. I knew yeah. that. Well, I would hope you would know that. Yeah. Sadly. I mean, it's not like we're writing a major open source project together. <laughs> Um, so we were at um, True North PHP, and somebody had given a talk, and they'd mentioned XHProf, XHProf UI, and I pointed out uh, one of the problems with it, or like that we'd recently changed something, because the, the easiest way to integrate with your application is PHP has two any settings, like PHP prepend file and PHP append file. Uh -huh. And so, so the original way we shipped it was, if you just tell it to prepend header and append footer, everything is awesome. And then we decided, let's just use register shutdown function, and then you don't need a footer. 
And then people kept, and then you don't need to include the footer, but people kept including the footer, and then it would store everything twice. Nice. And then, and then, so there's two copies of every gzip record in your database. <laughs> and then, so somebody, like, and I pointed that out to the crowd, and that fixed a bug for somebody beside me, and I pointed out that I've been wanting to do something different for a little while, and Mark Story was sitting there, and he agreed to do it with me. And he's one of those people who, like, when he agrees to do something, actually does it. And so, like, then I was stuck. And, and, and so we related, released XHProf GUI, which uses MongoDB as the back end. It's got mostly the same features, but it's got some new stuff. Um, and I'm really looking, f- and I think there's a lot of power in the way that Mongo lets you address your data, because it's not in a gzip blob, that allows you to sort of, you know, if you want to query Mongo to find all of the requests where, ex- where MySQL query was executed more than 10 times, that's possible. Uh, there's another tool in the, in the space called xhprof.io. It's, it's a disaster, I'm sorry. Um, that, that uses a normalized MySQL backend. Okay, yeah. So they avoided the gzip? Uh, data yeah, data apparently data. gzipping data and sticking it in MySQL is not how everybody solves their problems. <laughs> <laughs> but it's how I solve my problems and I shipped it. Yeah, so kudos for, for Thank shipping. You. shipping. Shipping matters. Well done. It, it yeah, does matter. Yeah. So did you write tests for that? <laughs> I shipped it. That's right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah obviously, he did write tests. <laughs> right, between between jokes about, to me about not writing tests and all these people that seem to be concerned about my motherfucking diet while I'm at this conference, I'm surprised I haven't flipped over tables and that's every a good point. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. Concerned yeah. about your diet? Well, because I do paleo, right? And so yeah. people are like, oh, is that paleo when I'm eating? So I'm like, what the fuck do you all care what I'm eating? It's like I don't go telling people you should switch how they eat. So stop fucking bugging me. Not you specifically, because you're a good guy, Paul. But a lot of people have been like hassling me. They're like watching what I'm eating. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, not, like my mom is in Scotland right now. She's not sitting next to me asking me what I'm eating. So, but is she in, like in your mind though? No. Thinking about what you're eating? No. Okay. No. I love my mom, but I married a woman just like my dad. So I don't know what that says about my relationship with my mom. Yeah. That's just really weird. And, my stories were way funnier. And right, awkward segue. All right, so, so, I don't know. We could open the floor to questions. I guess we could take a couple of questions so we can, pad, like it, so we can pad out this episode. Hey, remember that time we did a hackathon at um, True North PHP and you didn't know how to use version control? <laughs> remember that time we were doing a hackathon at True North PHP and you spent the first 75% of the time on Twitter? Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's, that's accurate. Like I shipped it. Yeah, that's true. You shipped it. <laughs> right? That, that, I get it done. Guys. No, no, it was okay because in that project you were the growth hacker, so that's why you're, <laughs> just, you're on Twitter. Yeah, right? I was just doing social engineering. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't okay. GitHub is hard. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. I mean, okay, you said GitHub is hard. Yet you no. create these complicated systems with gzip data inside MySQL. Yeah. But GitHub's hard. Okay. okay. So I don't. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Well, we did ship it. Kind yes, of. it sort of functioned. Yeah, when you got on stage. I actually, I want to release that as a product. Yeah, but I mean, I have. Do I get to wet my beak on that, or is sure? It? Okay, I feel it'll give you an affiliate code, and you'll get yeah. a little yeah, So there's. That's pretty good. So I actually don't tell anyone. Um, went to business school, um, and so one of the things we studied in finance, and they tell you that the definition of finance is meeting unlimited need with limited resources. And so oh, finance is all about finding, finding money and figuring out how you're going to pay for things. We also took a four-month course on how to screw people over if you're loaning them money. Nice. So the next time you go to the bank, remember that that guy's had probably three years in training on how to screw you over. Um, and we get really good at it. Uh, yeah. So, so that's finance, is figuring out how you're going to fund things. And the more I'm, I'm running a business, the more I realize that that's relevant there. Is because I have a list, of like at least a page long, of new products I want to work on, ways I want to improve things. But there's only so many hours in a day, um, and so that, that the challenge isn't coming up with the next thing we want to work on. It's finding the time to work on the thing and figure out what thing we should do next that will help better fund the rest of the list. I hope that was relevant. I forgot where we we're going with this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of drunk and wasn't really listening. <laughs> I don't know. Let's take some questions. There's got to be something I want to know. Probably. Yeah. Let's ask. Ben, you have a question. When's your birthday? <laughs> My birthday is February 28th. Ooh, if I was I'll... born a day later, I would be like eight. <laughs> yep. It'd be like it the character. Be like the character in the Pirates of Penzance, where his birthday's on the uh, who? Pirates of Penzance. That's the fruity ass shit you're talking about. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. See? The guy wants to leave pirates, but he can't. He's only four. 
Because it's uh, on his 21st birthday, but he was born on February 29th, so okay. he'll be 80. They told my mom if I was born on February 29th, they'd just lie on my birth certificate. And say it would either been February 28th or March 1st. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right, so, so the first time you Derek's talk today, you realized you were just overflowed into March. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> come on. All right. All right so, so the Maker's March. Been in Montreal of, for seven years. Do you yeah. like or hate poutine? I really like poutine. I like poutine when it's made properly, which is cheese curds, not shredded cheese. Uh, <laughs> and, and the type of and the type of French fry matters a lot. I like more of a crispy French fry than the soggy kind. I I went to um, Mount Tremblant and ordered poutine while I was there. And they served me poutine with shredded cheese. And I, I was going to flip the table over. Because yeah. this is like a major tourist attraction in Quebec. So people are coming to Quebec. They're there for like the week skiing. And they're going to be like, well, let's try this poutine thing that everybody talks about in Quebec. And they're not being served poutine. And I don't know. I feel like rather than language laws, Quebec should just enact some poutine laws. And everyone would be way happier. Sounds like you got served chili mac. Chili mac? Yeah, chili basically. Mac. Yeah. I've never had poutine. Okay. What? Yeah, never. Oh my god! You live in Toronto and you've never had poutine. Yeah. I was like, I'll tell you what. Next time we're both at Confu. Oh wait. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could do a whole podcast about Confu. Maybe I should talk about my. You know, it's been enough time. Can, should I talk about the Confu? No, 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 we, we should idea. not. No, I should not. No, talk. Really? Should not talk no, really? No. Oh. No. I have one more question. Do French Canadians hate Americans, or do they just hate everybody? Everybody. No, okay. If no. you spoke French, you, they might like you. Ideally, Quebecois French, not Parisian French. That's correct. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, it helps because uh, we, you know, uh, I work with Sean Coates, and so he lives in uh, Montreal and tells us all the stupid and racist things that their government does all the time. So it's not just Americans they hate. They were going to make it illegal. If you work for the government, you were not going to be allowed to wear any ostentatious religious garb. Yeah, like if you were, like if you were a Sikh. You and you wore that? That would have been be illegal. You could uh, wear but, like a turban. But, the, but if you wore a cross, that was kosher. No, no, yeah. no, of course. No, 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 course. no. Actually, the big deal, too, is like they're going to ban all like public displays of religious stuff, but the big, humongous cross that yeah. they had in the Quebec National uh, yeah, that's in the Quebec Parliament. But, oh, no, no, that's right. We're going to grandfather that baby, and it's not going to uh-huh. be a problem. No. Yes. Right. Quebec, Quebec is very interesting. I know we had, we had a very brief <laughs> conversation about this yesterday, and somebody was, because, you know, what state is Quebec in? Like, he said, some, he went someplace, and they said, what state is Quebec in? I was Quebec with Laura Thompson, yeah. and I was trying to rent a car. And I showed my Quebec driver's license. Quebec, what thunder state is that in? And of course, was in like San Jose. And the, and the default answer is that Quebec is in a state of denial. Ah. <laughs> and then somebody wanted us to get into politics about Quebec, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. You have to kind of live in Canada to understand what what Quebec is trying to do with the constant threats. It's like it's like an eight year old kid threatening to leave all the time. They're going to throw all their stuff in a. In but the they just voted the PQ run. out. We got to yes. get that. So there is some. It like the Bible Bill of the U.S. It sounds like Texas. Yeah. Yeah. It's Texas, except if they, like, refuse to speak English. No, and mainly English illegal. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, English had to be, like, half the size of the other language. He's not kidding. There are people who go around with with rulers. Yeah. And they'll measure signs. And signs have to be in French, first. and the French le- first, and the French lettering has to be bigger than the English lettering. And there's At a actually percentage rate. Yes, and there's actually court cases where like U.S. companies tried to fight to get them to not have to change their name on the signs. Like McDonald's can't have an apostrophe; it's McDonald's without the apostrophe. And they're trios in in, in, in Quebec. Yes. So, I, I, has the rest of Canada ever thought about just invading Quebec? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. We did, and we won. But, so you, but and then we didn't kick them out. You <laughs> we said sorry, sorry for all the trouble, and then we went. That's back what home. happens when you respect their way of life. <laughs> That's right. The, the rest of Canada has to do the tail wagging the dog in the yeah, most right? extreme. You should have installed democracy the way that we do. <laughs> they actually. So, <laughs> wow. Interestingly yeah, enough, freedom drones that just dropped. Yeah, freedom drones. <laughs> the, the Quebec legal system is actually different than the rest of Canada's. Yes, that yeah. is very true. The Quebec legal system inherits from the uh, French. French legal uh, civil code, yeah. rather than the rest of Canada. So there's there's this one set of laws in Quebec, and then there's the rest of Canada, and they're sort of in conflict, but hopefully nobody that nobody notices. You really shouldn't tolerate that shit, you know. I just left. He yeah, doesn't have to eat right? I renounced my Quebec citizenship. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am out. But I will have to say one thing in favor of Montreal is the best strip joints in North America. Oh. 
Absolutely. So 100%. Montreal is fantastic. We just need to tow it out of Quebec. <laughs> and then every and then and then the, the people left in Quebec will vote to separate, but no one will care because well, we, we have Montreal. We should, well, we could tow Montreal right to where Hull is, and that would be just about perfect. I was thinking down to near like Toronto Island. Mm, no, you still want to. You got to work a little bit to get okay, there because okay. then it makes the strip joints that much sweeter when you finally <laughs> get there. Well, I can't uh, talk about strip joints. You can't. Oh, my, <laughs> my God. Oh, my God. This isn't live streaming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be like three people listening. I, I, I have a strip joint story. Uh, okay, if I can't talk about con food, you can't talk about... It's PG-13. No, if I can't... My, if okay. I can't talk about con food, you can't talk about the strip joint. Okay. So. I wanted to... Uh, my mom says is terrible. I remember. <laughs> right, I, I got like numero two of that Coca Cola, and then they'd say more at me, and I'd be like, "Huh?" No, that's your, <laughs> they, that's your mistake is e- attempting it all because I just go up and I'm like, "Hello," and they immediately know not to try. Would you me. order like a Royale with cheese when you go up? <laughs> no, the no. Big Mac. So the problem is the, the French I have, I now speak sufficiently well that, that when you hear it, they hear it, they assume I know the rest of it. Yeah. That's it. And so like, okay, I'm out of French now. And I'm like, no, you're not. I'm like, seriously, that's all I have. And like, and like they call it the co-worker over. He's like, he doesn't believe you. De pounds de poulet, s'il vous plaît? Like I have cereal box French, right? Like when I was a kid, like there's English and French and everything in Canada. So I'm used to like, you know, meal is honey from Honey Nut Cheerios, like turning that stuff around. So I know those words, but in terms of grammar, it's almost, almost on par with my English, I guess. Yeah, yeah so pretty poor. <laughs> yes. Right. All right, next question. Who's got a question? Who's got for a us? question? For no, just ask a damn question. What's wrong with you people? Ask, come on. Yes, TD is dead. Yes, <laughs> yes, TD is dead. Next question. <laughs> So I was thinking we probably should try to avoid tapping the table. Yeah, well, fucking guy. Okay. You edit all that out. Yeah, we'll edit it out. I'm not going to take the time to all that shit out. We'll edit it out in post. Next question. So, Ed, have you... Did you... Oh, no, you went to sleep, so you didn't go to see any of the talks, right? I went to... You don't have access to our One talk today. Uh, I want to see Greg Vargas talk no, about okay. hacking conversations. We, we have a great thing there on that. Hey, we can't do two at once. <laughs> but mine's going to be way funnier. No. Well, you can do it in order. You can do it okay. on your own podcast. Where are you going? I'm going to give her my room key so she can get my laptop so I can tell you funny stories. You okay, have no- that's fine. Yo, you clearly have nothing. Wow. <laughs> that shit. Not, not that one either. Fucker. My God, you think you know somebody and then they do that to you. Yeah, I know. Uh, did I ever tell you about the time that we shared a room, he and I? Tell me more. Do I look like a yeah. minion to you? Is that what I look like? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so he and I hold, shared. Hold on, hold on, though. But you should finish talking about you went to Greg's talk on hacking conversations. And it was good. <laughs> Way to hack this conversation, bro. What was good? Yeah. How was that? Uh, what was good about it? Uh, I just thought it was useful in that it uh, talked about ways to sort of uh, frame both. conversations. Sure, uh, and also oh, he was the framing who didn't swear nearly enough. I had twenty nine swear words in my presentation. Terry had like eight or nine. He's slipping. We he's, uh, well, he's wearing a suit too. Yeah, he's rough. I got upset because I, I had to leave, and then Terry started. He's now that Terry's management, I really think he's lost his edge. Yep. All right. So talk about your. So let's talk about the time you uh, spooned with uh, Paul. So Paul and I split a room at ZenCon. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It was probably 09 I think or something. So that was probably the ZenCon where they told me I was one of their best speakers and then rejected all of my talks the next year. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> yep. yep. What's happened? I mean, the things change. I'm like, seriously, guy, why are you bothering to collect these metrics? Well, they went through about 45 community managers. Right. Then, yeah, right. So that stuff kept changing there. But um, I'm sure it's much calmer now. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Positive. Please, um, Adam, no. don't reject our talks. Yeah, please, Adam. Um, but, uh, yeah, we shared a room. And then, um, and I, if I recall, what happened uh, was that. You were taking a nap, and the um, cleaning person just kind of walked in without knocking and took all the towels and left. (laughs) (laughs) So Paul goes down, 
and starts complaining about it. And I, I, I was, I was like in in boxers in bed. Yeah. So she just <laughs> and somebody just walking. walks into the room. Yeah, didn't like. And not. it wasn't Ed, so I didn't get like a little hug. Well, and I'm, and yeah, then, right. And then they just took all of the towels and then they left. And I remember distinctly that we had the do not disturb yeah. hanger, and she just walked in anyway. And so we. Uh, so I remember that I, I think you told me about it and I was like, yeah, you should say something about that. So I remember that what you told me was that you went down and yelled about it. And I'm not, you said that you didn't claim to be me, but you did not dissuade them <laughs> from believing that you were me. And, uh, and then we ended up... Yeah. Right? <laughs> And then we ended up getting a wine and cheese plate yeah. or something. Yeah. Sorry about your towels. Here's some wine and cheese. Nice. Wow, that sounds, uh, that sounds rather sexy. It was, yeah. And uh, it set the mood right afterwards? He kept making jokes that made me uncomfortable the whole time, but that's unrelated. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, we ended up with that, and I, I don't think that woman ever worked at the uh, hotel ever again. Um... Oh, and also they had that, they had that... Yeah, the creepy lady. The creepy lady, the virtual uh, concierge. They had, like, a TV in the lobby. And, and showing, like, and it was, like, a live web stream of this lady who was somewhere else. I said Singapore, but I don't really... Right, and, and she, she was, like, but she had, like, a constant video stream into the lobby. And so she'd, like, wave at you to try to get your attention. Yeah. To validate the fact that they apparently paid somebody and bought, like, a big screen television to pretend to be in the lobby to answer your questions. Yep. And so she was like waving all the time as you walked it by. It was super creepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not creepy. Hey, look at me. Hey, hey. You absolutely could. Yeah. Was, was, but what mostly happened was people were walking around and had conversations in front of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it was just a television. Yeah. With, with like some sort of muted news announcer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those are good times. Those are good times. Good times, good times. So we, we have an awesome spreadsheet at Wonder Proxy. Because when you have 130 different service providers, you end up leaving service providers because they're not all winners. Mm-hmm. So we have a list of 89 blacklisted providers around the world. <laughs> and we have a reason that we've left them. And a lot of them are pretty basic. Bandwidth too expensive. They weren't very flexible. They blocked random ports. They were really annoying. They randomly moved our New York server and Seattle servers to Boston overnight without tapping us first. I think which, I know who that is, actually. Yeah, which matters a lot when you're in the GOIP business. Yeah. Right? Like, it's okay. It's just it's just in Boston now. No. Like, and some of them are really basic. Like, this company, we have them labeled as asshats. Um, <laughs> and, and the problem was, they were, like, sort of spinning out of business, and things were just not cool. And like they, they had like we thought that they were our savior because they had like fifteen different countries that they had servers in. I'm like, awesome, this means I can have pay you fifteen times rather than fifteen different people. But apparently we paid them and they paid none of their providers. Oh. So all of our servers just kept getting getting shut off and they stopped, ans- stopped answering support tickets. Um, interface was terrible, no notice when the invoice was re- was up. Um, they couldn't give us more IPs, server wasn't really in Strasbourg. The uptime was horrible. Support not great either. Um, I think, let me look here. You put this list on Git. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried about sort of legal repercussions there. No, it's all it's all, it's all open source. Yeah. <laughs> Time started at eight minutes off and only got worse. <laughs> Wait. Periodically knocked their VPSs, website, and DNS off the internet. <laughs> Um, being subsumed into Rackspace Cloud with outrageous pricing. That they broke cool. the machine, destroyed the VPS, and somehow couldn't give us any IPs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right? Not responsive to billing question for 45 days. <laughs> Moved to London with six days' notice. <laughs> Owner died, ceased operations. <laughs> right? Like when you deal with enough people, all this stuff happens. And then I think for me, the highlight is. Um, server taken by police as botnet investigation. <laughs> so that happened. Our server just turned off. And then, like, we found out more about it. And then, like, two days later, there's an article in Ars Technica about, like, how the FBI and Microsoft had teamed together to shut down this major, this major botnet in Tallinn. 
and they just shut all that down, and it was like a major victory for the internet everywhere. And I'm like, that hurt people, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, do you have any idea how hard it is to find a server in Tallinn? It's in Estonia, right? Yes, yes, that is correct, sir. Yes, thank you. We have a server somewhere, and the guy has like proudly posted pictures of his data center <laughs> on the internet, and it's clearly whatever servers or whatever computers he found other people weren't using anymore because there's all this mismatch of beige boxes stacked on top of each other on like metal shelving from Home Depot (laughs) but like metal shelving you would have bought Home Depot in the 80s so it's like like the corrugated green metal that has like the bent edges and it's like in his mom's basement (laughs) and like every month his mom sends us an invoice (laughs) that she's printed out and then signed and stamped and then scanned oh nice I think I think that's somewhere in Europe but you know what just like you Paul they shipped it they shipped it they shipped it it. disappeared the website stopped working really bad reputation that was oh I'm avoiding saying names (laughs) We have a lawyer. They're really good. Just, just a heads up on that. Well, I think with the exception of assets, everything there is packed. Yeah, I, I don't. I, w- I would go to court on assets. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be great to see it in like the summons right there. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Client described um, as an ass hat and provided evidence to bear with. Company stopped existing and still PayPal Brazil resolved the dispute in their favor. <laughs> <laughs> like, they stopped offering a server, they stopped existing, and somehow we lost that one. Wow. Now, you didn't have any servers in, like, for EMEA, right? That just went down because. No. Actually, we ha- do we have one in the Ukraine? I, like, I don't even pay attention anymore. Oh, the Ukraine. Our Egypt one never went down. The Cairo is available for all of that Ukraine stuff. Is weak. Ukraine is weak. Yeah, you shouldn't say the. I keep forgetting that. Wonder Proxy. Yeah, I can't wait for the tagline that says Russia took over. <laughs> okay, let's yeah. see here. Putin right down the force. I, I, have, I have a server in the Ukraine! <laughs> Woo! I should probably know that. <laughs> it's in Kiev. Oh, okay, wait, one of my servers is down. Which one is it? The one in Kiev. I'm checking. Let's see. No, no, it's Edmonton. Edmonton is currently down. And there's well. nothing major going on. There's no hockey rides right now. No. no. Um, Let's Mini see. Gretzky knocked it offline. Yeah, maybe. Some weird fly-by-night host didn't receive a follow-up invoice. <laughs> they immediately refunded our purchase and deleted our account. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> Keep him talking, I gotta pee. Right. Pardon me? At least they refunded you. Yeah, I mean... There's a limited amount of effort we're willing to put into disputes with PayPal these days because it's basically a random number generator. That's... <laughs> That's how that works. I don't know. I've, I've never had any problems with PayPal. I must be uh, unique. With all the money that's flowed through PayPal for my books and stuff, I've never had a problem. Yeah, our, our experiences haven't been that overwhelmingly positive. Uh, do, do the payments go directly to you, or do they go through another company? No, they come to me. PayPal sends... Uh, well, LeanPub collects all the money, and then they send me royalties every single month. But, but I've never had... Like, I, I hear all these horror stories about PayPal. I've never had any money held back, never had any... Oh, we've uh, had that. Never had any weird transactions. Just all the money has flowed into my bank account afterwards. That's handy. I think it's basically LeanPub is big enough... Customer there. Yeah, but see, I don't. But my, but it seems like it doesn't matter. Like PayPal could just randomly decide, you know what? It's it's fuck you Friday, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna reject. We're gonna reject. We, but. we had a host that wanted two dollars a month for an IPv6 address. What? Because they're running out of those, right? It's <laughs> a lot of maintenance to set up that configuration file and maintain yeah. it every month make sure you yeah. still got still have the same unique IPv6 yeah. address <laughs> somebody claimed they were in Fez they were actually in Montreal like, like did you not think we would notice that's yeah I mean I feel bad because there's, there's just so much hilarity here 20 hour outage no communication now generally speaking oh, you're, you're provi- we server we, we got one I, uh, I signed up for one for somewhere in uh uh, India. I think we have three servers there now. And we signed up and we, like we picked Debian 6 or something. And then they gave me CentOS 4. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I need this. And then they gave me CentOS 5. And I'm like, my, my sysadmin and I have a deal. 
if I buy a box that isn't Debian, he's allowed to punch me in the nuts. <laughs> and, then, and then at least both of us had a bad day. <laughs> and, and so, and I'm like, no, they're like, please, right? Like, this is not going to be good for me. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, he's like, we'll do this for you. And then I was like, CentOS 5.5. I'm like, <laughs> we're almost there, but not, quite, not really at all. And, and so he's like, and I'm like, he's, you can't do this, I want my money back, because that's, I'm not going to take the risk. And, and so he's like, no, no, I can do this for you. And then, and then we got something, and it was a really weird hypervisor. Like, it was like, um, whatever the Windows desktop VMware stuff was. So we think that the sales guy just installed that on his desktop and slapped in the Debian ISO and had that going. So every time like Windows Patch Friday came around, our PPS went offline for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm really instilling a lot of confidence in my network. But these are the people we've left, okay? Like we've found better people. Or people who are at least in the claimed country. You know, it's good to know that Dealing with international businesses, like you go into one interest, they don't have the same standard. Right. So, like Americans, who are rock solid and never any problems. Have you, like, have you found there's a, like a lot of churn amongst your suppliers? Have you found that your standards, of, like what the bullshit you're willing to put up with, has the, the amount you're willing to put up has gone down as time has gone on? So, I think the amount we're willing to put up with is directly dependent on where the place is. Like, if it's in New York, we have high expectations. Right. If you're dealing with something in Fez or Istanbul, or we have a server in Kampala now, I'm super happy about that one. We've got like five servers in Africa. That's, I think that's pretty super. Um, and so, like, what we're willing to put up with to get locations that are super hard is higher. Um, so, like, we have one CentOS server in like Colombia or something, and it's just because that was the only place we could find somebody who would sell us a server. Um, there's there's a there's a decent amount of churn. The churn tends to be in places where there's a lot of competition rather than not much. We never sign up for the cheapest plan. If you're paying somebody $5 a month, it's, they're better off canceling your account the first time you email them. Right? You can't answer an email for $5. Uh-huh. So don't, don't pay people $5 if you want them to answer your email. Um, and so we, we try to pay more money even if we don't necessarily need that bandwidth <laughs> just because we want them to care about our account. Do you like this picture of Robinson Cano that I found? Sure. Okay. How's, okay. that, how's that really to all our I feel, I feel like I this is a great segue oh, for, for no, the no. podcast. You like baseball. I, yeah, I'm sports bat. Sports bat. I went to the sports bat game yesterday, and uh, it was awesome. Did the local team do well in the points scoring they system? They did. They scored the, they scored the most points. And Excellent. We, and we played on through the rainy conditions. Was the judgment official whirling in your favor? Uh, in many cases, though, his judgment was um, different. I could not believe that call he made. Yeah. It was clearly biased for the sports team. Yeah. <laughs> um, I highly recommend sports bat. Sports bat events are yes, always fun. That ludicrous display. Yeah, sports bat events are always fun to go to, and the Chicago sports bat event was uh, quite well, despite... Uh, Despite there being uh, lots of precipitation, but mm. they they kept playing through it, and after I hear that precipitation makes sports bet more difficult. Yes, and after nine overs, um, they got to the last wicket, and it was all good. <laughs> uh, well, I think we're done here, actually, Paul. Thanks so much for uh, for sharing stories of Wonder and Proxy. And Thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. Wonder Networks. We, we do have good lawyers. Well, you know, I think that's really that's it. like good lawyers and good accountants are the two. Yeah, we have both of those things. Oh, that's awesome. Outsourcing those problems is great. I know that when I did my taxes this year, my accountant called me and he almost swore at me on the <laughs> phone because my failure to adhere to some, I'm trying to think of the right way, some better tax strategies. Ah. That now included me having to pay money to my daughter in order uh-huh. to avoid well, certain... So you you certain, put everything in her name. Some of it I had right. to put in her Have name. Have you ever seen Black Books? Has uh, anyone here seen Black Books? I've never it is seen a it. fantastic show. Yeah. And in one of the episodes, the guy goes and he's talking to his accountant and like pulls all of his receipts from the year like out of his pockets. <laughs> he's like, "What's the new accounting? Like, I've come up with a new filing system." It's like, "Well, these are from like last week, and these are from earlier, and these are from before." I'm gonna be honest with you, the new the new filing system is a lot like the old one. <laughs> um, Black books. There's like three series. It's like the UK show. It's fantastic. Oh, it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. No, it is good. All right. So, so. Paul, thanks so much for coming on, and and um, I was really surprised to see they were coming. I didn't know that you were you were coming, so it was very good. Oh, to the conference. To, to the conference. No, not, not just. Yeah, well, this was totally your, serendipitous. Your podcast. No, okay. it's okay. You did a good job of uh, of uh, audio bombing the podcast. Yeah, so it's nice. Okay. So thanks for letting us know about Wonder Networks. Uh, so this has been episode number forty six of the Development Hell Podcast, live from Chicago. Woo!
Uh, so let's, uh, as we always do, let's thank our sponsors. First, let's thank uh, Derek Bailey at Watch Me Code, which is awesome JavaScript screencast weekly. JavaScript is an important language these days. You can't build modern web apps without it, but it's also easy to get lost in JavaScript's oddities and quirks. Fortunately, Watch Me Code is here to help, from language fundamentals to the latest in tools and tutorials on how to test your JavaScript. Go Watch Me Code delivers everything you need to know to master the web's most important language. <gasps> get your subscription started by heading over to watchmecode.net slash devhell and get 35% off your subscription with the discount code devhell, all one word, all lowercase. And that's actually the speed at which I deliver my tutorial on testing. Nice. <laughs> that's why testing's dead, dude. That's right, TD is dead. Nobody, nobody ain't got time for that. Yeah. I think he uh, and then also want to thank Rove, uh, a bunch of badass developers. Rove is a handpicked team of some of the most talented developers in the PHP community. It's a full-service full developer offering services such as consulting, training, software development, and more. Rove employs some of the most recognized and accomplished experts in the industry to ensure the organizations have access to the talent they need when they need it. Thanks so much to Evan Curry from uh, Rove for sponsoring our episodes. So yep. That's been it. Thanks very much. What about engineer? Uh, oh, and we were powered. Engineer. Oh, no, no, no. No, Shh, no more engineering. Okay. And um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, t- we'll tell you about that once we turn it off. And uh, uh, thank you, and we're powered by Make. Mark, thank you much to Mark Brown from Microsoft for uh, helping me totally bust my diet with some uh, makeup. Uh, so, thank you very much and enjoy tech. Yes.